0: Hi, everyone. Kara Berry here. Um, Usually in this space is an intro clip or some sort of music or something like that. But I couldn't find something, nothing that was really, like, on my spirit this week. Um, But what has been on my spirit, and I'm going to keep this quick, is um, just to, like, everybody, not even just celebrities, if you don't bathe regularly and if you don't bathe your kids regularly... I just think I don't need to know that, and I would really rather not hear that. Nobody wants to know it. Um, Keep it to yourselves. Keep it to your funky little selves, okay? I can't take it anymore. I don't know why this has become the hottest topic of conversation. We lost Jake Gyllenhaal to the no bathing campaign, and I can't take it. I can't take it, okay? Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. How are we doing? We're doing fine. You can tell by my voice that I'm in a good mood, which means that um, somebody did something stupid and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm really, really loving it. And of course, that brings us to our, you know, our new hot hottest segment. Everybody's talking about it, girl. This almost feels like cheating in a way because... This person is, in my opinion, like a like a perennial girl, an all time girl. Put her up on the board. She is a top five girl to me. Okay, that person is, of course, Kim Zodiac Beer Can, um, a person who has managed to be fired twice from Bravo. Has that happened before? (laughs) Um, Former cast member, excuse me, fired cast member of Real Housewives of Atlanta and also fired from that absolute flop of a show, Don't Be Tardy, to your tax returns, which it seems like that might be what's happening because, baby, we got not one, but apparently several cash grabs going on within the Zodiac Bierman clan, specifically with uh, Kim. So for any of you guys who might be feeling... You know, summer's winding down. Maybe it's time to start grinding. I know for many of you, you guys are staring down the barrel of having to go back to your offices again. That's not fun. So if you need to, you know, just a little pick-me-up, if you need just a spiritual reset, Kim's got you guys. She has announced on Thursday via (laughs) Instagram that she would be launching a, quote, spiritual academy to help those who are passionate about living their best lives. Um, What that might be, I mean, I'm assuming Best Life by Kim is uh, walking around with a solo cup with just like a wine buzz all day, which um, honestly... She might be making points with that one, but also just like several large children and that's no shade to them. They're tall and just large children. Um, what else? Um, uh, people who are just in your house, who are doing everything for you, despite the fact that you don't really seem to have a job, um, a husband, a husband. Who has um, decided that he wants to look like you and is really, um, you know, diving deep into the fillers and the Botox, which again, no shade, no shade. He also wears a lot of makeup. Again, no shade. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If this is your version of a best life, then the Spiritual Academy by Kim Zosiak-Bierman might be for you. She is partnering with a lady named Nicole Ziola Love, who um, I looked at her Instagram. She... Uh, says that she's a light healer and that she guides people in the process of transforming their lives. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? What are you going to do? Okay. Maybe it's a cynical, you know, New Yorker or just a cynical person in general for me. That is just like, what the, what girl? I mean, okay. So Cameron says, The Spiritual Academy is for anyone who wants to increase their vibration and manifest their desires. And, you know, if you want people who are, they want people who are truly passionate about improving their life, whether it's their business, their love life, their children, etc. Um, So, you know, if you also want to find yourself into some sort of Dancing with the Stars local offshoot in whatever region you are, and you happen to find a a very young football player with a very large round ass, you can manifest that shit. Ask, believe, and receive, okay? Um, $77 a month, which feels, like, very specific. And also, like, I would like to know the, uh, you know, what was the mindset behind that price point? But anyway, Kim goes on to say, I don't know if you're aware, but you align with whatever your dominant vibrations are. We want all of you to vibrate on the same frequency as success, happiness, and abundance. And we're here to help you get there. How? Houseway. <laughs> so naturally, I had to look at the comments because I figured there... Well, first of all, I saw an article that said that she had been rightfully slammed for this alleged academy but also i knew because of that i knew that there would be so many negative comments that she would not have or croy would not have had the time to delete all of them so i figured there would still be some good stuff and i also figured there would be some like back and forth exchanges and oh it delivered so y'all know um she has a chef named Tracy, right? She's been working for the Zolciacs for I don't know how many years. If you've happened to, you know, been bored enough or, you know, you couldn't find the remote to turn the channel from Don't Be Tardy, you would have seen her. Um, so her top response is, this is no joke, all caps, sign up. It works. It worked for me and I can't wait till Sunday. Truly life-changing. So people... Responded, uh, you know. Of course, Kim was like, "Oh, thank you so much." And, um, you know, somebody was like, "Oh, you know, I I can't really afford this." But also, somebody goes, "Okay, tell us exactly how it worked for you." And if this is just now starting, then how have you already done it and it worked? And then, (laughs) so she responded, "Well, for starters, I always had trouble receiving. I always wanted to do things on my own. When I let go of that opportunity." In the singular opportunity started flowing. It's a mindset. Somebody um responded, What's your percentage cut of this con artist scam? Um Brielle and Ariana are like, Oh, I can't wait because she's having like a live stream on Sunday night. Sorry guys that I couldn't get this out early enough before you guys sign up for that this very special live stream um that it's gonna be airing during Potomac. So girl (laughs) if I wasn't going to be watching you, then I'm sure as hell not going to be watching it now. Um, Then somebody (laughs) responded, you know, there's a lot of people who are like scam, scam, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, blah, blah, blah. I, this is bullshit. You know, what have you? (laughs) Somebody responded. (laughs) Somebody said, I am honestly a huge fan of yours. I love your skincare, love your makeup, but I don't even think you're behind this bullshit. Come on, you can do better. Spirituality Academy, four exclamation points, WTF. And so she responded, really? House of Kim, which is her podcast, in one year had over 26 million downloads. Why? Because of the positivity segment? (laughs) I have personally helped many people and look forward to helping many more. So if people can get your free positivity segment on your podcast, why would they then pay $77 a month To do that, I do not know. I'm going to end it on this last comment, which is so funny. Um, This lady comments, I look to God, not chakras. Where is that at in the word of God? And then there are several like prayer hands, emojis, and hearts. So she does spell chakra wrong. She, you know, it should be spelled C-H, but she spelled it with an S-H. But then Cam responded, since you're spelling it wrong, you probably won't find it, sweetie. But she spelled you're wrong. She spelled it Y-O-U-R. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you played yourself, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. This is really lighting up my whole life and my whole day. Um, so then I went to look at Kim's link tree. Um, so it has, you know, of course, a Spiritual Academy link to there. Um, it shows a, an Instagram account that as of now has 18 followers, um and zero posts okay um there are several testimonials from people i'm not sure how this happened considering this spiritual academy hasn't even opened yet um but we'll move on from that so then she's got a link to all of her other bullshit her cosmetics line her bikini line whatever this stuff is her um you know closet if you want a $6000 Chanel lambskin backpack, excuse me, fanny pack, go ahead and pop on over to the com. Um there is a uh you know, a, so many top of the line things that I just cannot imagine how is she going to afford to pay for this. Um it just wild. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci down. She's selling these at like truly high prices it's so very funny. Um, then, um, it appears that over the past few weeks, they have, um, pivoted to YouTube. And specifically I'm talking about the children. The children have a YouTube and not, not the two older ones. I'm talking the boy, the first one, KJ and the twins. So, they have 385 subscribers as of now on the Beerman Bratz with a Z uh, YouTube account. And it's, you know, got some really fun less than a minute videos if you want to see KJ. Now, KJ's, what, maybe 12, 10? If They got married on 11, 11, 11. I'm so sad that I know that. He's probably older than that. So, yeah, we're talking about 10. Um, so... He did a, a hilarious prank on his trainer. Why does this guy have a physical trainer? Why am I watching this child put whipped cream in the face of his black male trainer? I mean, truly, <laughs> truly, it is the worst, most garbage thing. And it is like, oh, I'm going to, my, my trainer's on the way. Um, I'm going to prank him. And then he pranks him, but he doesn't get it in the face. He gets it like on his neck. And you could tell the response is like, is this my life? Is this my job right now? Getting hit in the face by a 10 year old with whipped cream, sir. I'm a registered, whatever the fuck. I mean, truly awful. Um, And then that's it. That's the end of the video. It's about 30 seconds of him being like, well, that was a really good prank, guys. See you next week. (laughs) Um, Also... If you guys are looking to splash out a little bit more cash on personalized content, you can do that. All requests will be fulfilled. That is spelled full dash filled, okay? Um, And within seven days, one hundred seventy-five dollars for a personalized message, and five hundred dollars. That's a one-minute personalized message. One hundred seventy-five dollars, and. $500 $500 for a five minute FaceTime call was it with Kim. Can you imagine you're going to get about 30 seconds of her before she's screaming, you're talking to Tracy, somebody dropped the phone, you know, you're now you're looking at wig hair and you can't, nobody can find just a whole bunch of yelling and children and dogs. The dog will probably take the phone at some point. And then you, now you're out 500 bucks. Now you're at 500 bucks. So Kim, you know, obviously clapped back at the people and, you know, somebody asked, what, what does Croy do? (laughs) Does Croy have a job? Apparently his job is, um, he's managing all of their careers. Uh, okay. And also Kim wants to let us all know that he has made about $20 million on, um, with when he was in the NFL. Okay, great. But where is that money now? Where is that money now? And also, I thought Kim was talking about how she was about to uh, stay tuned because we're going to be doing another show called the Beerman Bunch very soon. What happened to that? What happened to that? Taken over by the Chrisleys, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm happy for it. If we can thank the Chrisleys for zero else, but the fact that they probably um, have been filling the space of the Beermans. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you to all of you. Alright you guys, I'm going to stop torturing you with this news Um, Before we get into more of our news items Which is pretty much going to be mostly Bravo based um, I was on two podcasts, check it out First of all, I was on the Liz Explains, Liz Bentley of Feathers in My Hair's Patreon We did a whole episode about um, the life and loves of one Wayne, Lil Wayne Carter Um Also, I was on the Dumpster Dive podcast on Friday. The episode came out on Friday, so you can check it out. So much fun. We talked about Beverly Hills and Potomac. We talked about all sorts of things. Great fun. Thank you to Tom and Kicks for allowing me on your show. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So definitely check out Liz Explains on Patreon and Dumpster Dive podcast. So speaking of the Dumpster Dive podcast, they absolutely shocked me to my core when they told me the news that Mary Cosby is also in legal trouble. So there have been more details that have come out since then. So, y'all, I was. I shouldn't say that I was shocked, but I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. So. Not only did Mary get charged, two counts of um, unlawfully providing shelter to a runaway and contributing to a minor's delinquency on April 8th of 2021. Shocked that this did not get out. Um, Both charges are misdemeanors, by the way. So not only did Mary get charged with that, her son, Robert Jr., also was charged. Um, Both of them are set to do excuse me set to appear in court in salt lake city on august 12th this is wild guys um so mary said that she's like you know sad that she is um having to be involved in another family's drama and what there's really no details about what happened but to me because robert jr is involved i have to assume that this has to do with, like, a girlfriend of his or a friend of his, where something went on in the house. They decided to provide shelter for the minor involved and then, I guess, just didn't say anything or were just, like, contributing to... uh, Contributing to the delinquency is the thing that I'm most confused about. This sounds a lot like they just had somebody move in because they got into a fight with their mama or whatever. And... But... Is that a cause for a criminal charge? Even a misdemeanor? No. I have to imagine that maybe there's like, yeah, because they were a minor, like maybe they're supposed to report that to the parents or the authorities or something. But I, I don't know. I really don't know. I would really, really like to know the details. So I'm keeping my ear to the ground on August 12th um, to see exactly what happens. (laughs) Imagine if Mary gets charged for like capturing. <laughs> I mean, is that like the weirdest thing that Mary's done? No, no, I <laughs> kind of not even by a long shot. Good Lord. Um. So wild. Hopefully I, in my prayer, my prayer, Bravo. Andy, if you hear me, if, let's, drop the trailer to salt lake city the day of (laughs) of mary's court case i need that trailer and i need it now i need it now i feel like there are so many good shows coming up with like vanderpump and Winterhouse, salt lake city are we gonna get all of these shows before because i know winter house is set to premiere in the fall are we gonna get all these shows before um before the years end Is that what we should be doing? Because then, obviously, they're filming Summer House now, and that usually comes out towards the beginning of the year, right? I'm just very confused about Bravo's scheduling. But anyway, anyway, moving on to Jen Shaw. So um, Jen Shaw's fucked, part 75, okay? So news dropped just Saturday, maybe, about Jen Stewart. The whole situation. Last time I talked to you guys, it had, I mean, the shit was bad to begin with. She keeps making it worse. And so the courts are like, oh, you want to play with us, girl? Um, Just so you know, miss Dry Dry Contacts, baby, um, you're going to, excuse me, you're in the same situation as several other people who have already been prosecuted. So you can say all you want about how You didn't do anything wrong, what have you. But you did, because those other people did the same thing that you did. They got in trouble. And also, you knew that these people got convicted of their crimes and continued to do the same shit that they were doing anyway. So, thank you for that. You were protesting a little bit too much and we caught your ass. We got you, bitch. Um, So, now, it appears that Stuart... Sioux Chains might be flipping. So, um, as of August 4th, there was a letter written to the United States District Judge, the Honorable Sidney Stein of the Southern District of New York. Um, it is written by Stewart's attorney D. Gilbert Okay, I think. A-T-H-A-Y? Um, he says, Dear Judge Stein, I represent Stewart Smith in the above reference case um... In response to the court's order of August 3rd, 2021, a pretrial setting conference on August 10th, 2021 at 2 p.m. to establish a firm date for the trial. I hereby represent to your honor um, that Mr. Smith is working diligently towards a resolution of this case. I am confident his case will be resolved without the necessity of a trial, and I hereby request that we be excused from the August 10th hearing. What you gotta say, Stu? What are you gonna say? Well, it appears, um, you know, this is coming out on August 9th. So if the trial's August 10th and he wants him to be excused for August 10th, um, I, this <laughs> not looking good for your girl Jen at all. It also appears that there might be a um, rescheduling of the trial of Jen's trial because of COVID. Um, It's saying that the court has been informed that as of today, no courtrooms can accommodate a trial for three defendants. Let me let me do this again. (laughs) The court has been informed that as of today, today being August 3rd, no courtroom can accommodate a trial for three defendants ever under COVID-compliant conditions. Accordingly, it is hereby ordered that there will be pre-trial conference in courtroom 23A on August 10th at 2 p.m. to establish a firm date or dates for trial for the defendants who have not already pled guilty, Jen being one of them, um, consistent with the requirements of the ad hoc community on the resumption of jury trials. So seems like there might be a... um, a little bit disappointing news that the trial may not be um set for October 18th in New York as it was um going to be initially so I'm bummed about that because that was gonna come I mean it would have been perfect timing not that I'm I don't know if I'm going to BravoCon but BravoCon in New York is going to be October 15th through 17th and obviously if her trial was starting in the 18th uh, which um jen said that she would be going to bravo it just would have been like just sweet just like oh just incredible imagine just going to i i think i said this already but like imagine going to some sort of con where you're um you know being heralded as some sort of like you know people are, fans are coming to see you if i was um in legal trouble i wouldn't be going to anything with con in the word and i know it means convention but you know the comparisons and the similarities are there. And I would not be making that mistake if I were Jen. But, oh, Lord. Lord, help us all. With that, guys, if you're able to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, I'm going to let you guys go. The following after this is going to be a recap of Love After Lockup. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. You know who I am, bro? Nah, I I'm her do man, dog. I'm the she was just with five minutes ago. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. My heart's pounding. What's up, Nicole? I'll explain to you. You serious? You just met my mama, bro. You looked at my mama's face and lied, bro. You know what I've been through. And you gonna do me like that? after all I done did for you you serious me and Nicole we were dating before she went into prison but we definitely kept in the communication you know throughout the whole time give me my mother cell phone give me the cell phone Nicole oh you don't want to give me the phone ben. all right y'all let's talk about love after lockup Ugh. um this was a pretty good episode I feel like we had minimal amounts of stan so that's a win for me. Um, let's talk about Josh and Courtney. I I think I might be team Josh, y'all. I don't know. They're at home. We see them at home. This one scene of them. Courtney's on the bed. Josh is in the kitchen making what he calls fried soup, which just appears to be ramen. But okay. Um, Courtney calls out from the bedroom. Hey, like, do you want to fuck? And Josh laughs and he's like, can we wait until later? And Courtney's like, oh, you always want to say, like, you always say let's wait until later. And he's like, yeah, and it always happens. She's like, no, it doesn't. So Courtney says that in 12, the 12 days that Josh has been quarantined with her, that they've had sex three times. Something that I said last week is... Probably not that weird. I like, I understand that he just got out of jail. And so you, Courtney, thought that y'all were going to be out here, like, fucking like rabbits. You weren't going to be able to walk straight, you know, KY jelly on deck, right? I get it. But, like, you would think that somebody who worked as a corrections officer would have some kind of insight as to the fact that this man is institutionalized. Or that she's here, like at least trying to hear what he's saying, because I feel like Josh is being pretty honest. And Courtney, like all roads led back to wah, 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 me, me, me. Why don't you love me enough and why won't you have sex with me? Now, I think we all know that there's nothing less attractive when um, somebody wants to have sex with you is when they try to make you feel bad and guilty for having sex with them. nothing less of a turn-on than that, right? So, Courtney is just like, she will not stop, can't stop, won't stop, and she's like, you know, I'm just beautiful and awesome, like, what the fuck? And I just feel like, again, like, three times in 12 days is fine. I I, don't, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, So, Courtney says, you know, when you were in jail, you were talking all this big game, and we see a flashback of Josh telling... Courtney that he can't wait to get home to make love to her and to have her legs be his uh, earmuffs or whatever and oh lord like I just would have appreciated that we had left that part out thank you but Josh comes back to the bedroom with his fried soup or whatever the fuck he said and the man has a big ass booger so as Courtney is crying and sniffling and Complaining and wailing and moaning. I'm just thinking, I'll be damned if I'm sitting here crying over a man who doesn't know that he has a bat in the bat cave. Like, not gonna happen. Not, absolutely not gonna happen. Um, then Courtney starts talking about how he talks on the phone. He plays his video games and he talks on the phone to his friends on the inside. And this is the part where I just felt like she needed to listen to him because she says, or Zuni Josh says, I feel guilty. I talk to them because I feel guilty that I'm out and free-ish, you know, or at least not in jail and they're still stuck there. And then Courtney says, well, what about me? You weren't thinking about me like that when when you were in jail. Like, don't you think about all the things that I had to go through? And it's like, yeah you went to jail for this dude but that was your choice ma'am it was your choice to put your career on the line it was your choice to put on those shake and go wigs and try to pretend that you weren't somebody the person that people thought you were and then your ass got caught and spent 60 days in county jail those were the choices that you made ma'am okay so You can feel some type of way about going through all that, but look in the mirror, sis, because the problem, the call's coming from within the house, okay? The problem is you. Um, You know, more crying, more tears. And then she says, you know, like, you don't appreciate all the things I do for you. And he's like, okay, well, good job. (laughs) Which is exactly what I said. Like, well, gold star for you, girl. Damn. What, what do you? What more do you want from me? She gets off the bed and walks away, and that was the end of Josh and Courtney for this episode. All right, let's move on to Brittany and Ray. So, last time we saw them. Brittany was making him some uh, pancakes and eggs and was like, okay, I'm going to feed him and then I'm going to fuck him. And turns out her two-step plan went swimmingly because we see them in bed post-coitus. And Brittany tells us that this is the best sex that she's ever had. Now, I believe that. I believe that. She says Ray is an absolute lovemaker. I don't really believe that, but I believe that this is the best sex you've had because I will, I want to believe that this is the best sex that you've ever had because you're tripping. You're like really ready to box his grandma. And this better be some damn good dick for that. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about Work. Post sex glow, she, Ray turns over and he gets a text from his grandma saying she's coming over with some food. Sorry, y'all. My guest, my special guest, Winston, is back. And badder than ever, right? Right. So, anyway, um, um, so, like I said, grandma's coming over. Britney's feeling some type of way because. She treats his grandmother as though there's some sort of competition between them. But, okay, girl. Um, then Ray flips the script. I like Ray. I think he's very smart. He's like, okay, you feel some type of way about my grandma coming. Um, so is your family going to come and meet me anytime soon? How 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 is that going? Are we working on that? And Brittany's like, oh. Um, she starts to lie. And then she finally reveals that they don't know that he's out yet. <laughs> now, she told them, she told her family that he was going to be paroling with his parents, with his dad. But, obviously, he's paroling out with her. So, according to her, they don't even know that he's out. But, I think they do because we saw you talking about them. But, anyway, girl. Um, so, then she is like, you know, I'm planning on telling them on my own time. And Ray's like, okay. So when is that going to be? And she's like, well, when it's right. And Ray says, when it's right for you. Period. Thank you, Ray. So then Brittany tells Ray that she lied to her family about living with him. Or excuse me, about him living with her. So he kind of lets it slide. But in a confessional, he says, Brittany and I can't keep secrets from each other. That is the sort of thing that is going to derail our relationship. Now to the production. I know that, like, we're working on a shoestring budget with Love After Lockup, but Ray is a very um, quiet talker, so if we could do a boom mic and a regular hookup mic with him, maybe in, like, could we boost the volume in post-production? Please. I mean, I could barely hear that man. Um, So, then Ray's grandmother comes over, and... Uh, she comes over with all this fried chicken, what looked to be a three-gallon tub of mashed potatoes, which I am not mad about. Like, I would eat that right now, right now, <laughs> with no hesitation. Um, and she is just like, you know, just a queen. Just She is the queen of shade. She... Just slides it right in there, and Britney just has to take it, and I love it. Because this is what she deserves. How are you going to be funky to somebody's grandma, girl? So, Ray's grandmother can sense the funk, the emotional funk emanating off of Britney and her lace front. And she comes in and, you know, she's like, oh, you know, um, it appears that you have a good woman here, Ray, but um, I'm going to keep my eye on her. Just so you know. And so you know as well, Brittany. So then they all sit down for for dinner. And Ray's grandmother starts talking about Brittany's mom. Like being real sweet. This is a kind of like old lady shade where she just like spun that web. And then just like hooked her. She got her. And it was brilliant. So Brittany's talking about, oh yeah, my mom is a really cool person. She helped me decorate the house. And Ray's grandmother's like yeah this is like it's really nice and she you can I can tell she's got good taste and I'm sure she's also a really lovely woman Ray what do you think about her she knows damn well that Ray has not met that mother so Ray has to say actually I haven't met her family yet and um so then Brittany has to explain to the grandmother that she hasn't told them that ray is paroling at the house and the grandma's like oh, okay so you're ashamed of him <laughs> gotcha bitch <laughs> and so the grandma's like okay well how long is it gonna be until you tell your family and britney's like well i just don't want them to judge ray and she's like okay you feel like your family's gonna judge him this is my grandson i don't want him to be hurt So whatever happens at this point with your family, that's all on you. Like if you hurt my grandson's feelings and if he gets hurt at all from the situation, that's really on you for not telling the truth. And so she basically says, if you really love Ray, you need to be honest. And I would just feel really bad if Ray came all this way and then your parents destroy him. So then she turns to Ray and says, if there is ever a point where you feel like you're not being respected here, I need you to call me. And then Brittany had to sit there looking stupid, you know, trying to drink her Pinot Grigio with some fried chicken, and and she couldn't say anything. And I love that because she knew she's wrong. She knows she's wrong, and I stand again. Two two and zero. Raised Grandma v Brittany. And I'm here for it. I'm here for a, a TKO. Okay, y'all. Moving on to Anissa and Jeff. A lot like Jeff, Josh, and Courtney, we didn't see a ton of them this week. But So last time we saw them, Anissa was in the house getting her uh, best friend slash uh, land, property, share, I don't know, um, Kyle, some food and so Jeff is like okay I'm gonna keep my friends close and keep my enemies closer and so he decides that the smart thing to do is to drop a bomb on Kyle to test him like the biggest possible bomb which is that he has an 18 year old child that he didn't know was biologically his until recently so we heard about this chick um Christine Who he had been texting even though he said that he had no intention of texting women and so what happened was what had happened was back in the day Jeff was in and out of jail he um, Christine was his girlfriend she got knocked up he was in jail when she gave birth so he called the house to see what was going on to check in on Christine and Christine's mom said This is not your child. Don't call anymore. Click, goodbye. So Jeff, you know, was living his life as you know America's Next Top Inmate, and when he got out, he heard from Christine, and she they did a paternity test at the halfway house, and he found out that that child is in fact his. So, like I said, he Jeff said that he's only telling Kyle this to see if he can trust him, and I just feel like if we're doing trust tests, maybe we should not, um, we let's work our way up to, I have a secret child. (laughs) Like, could you say, um, you know, I, I, I I don't know. Not, not, I got a whole ass kid. Not that. So Anisa's walking back with Kyle's food, and she's like, hey, what, what were you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, you know, we were just talking about you. And then Jeff tried to save face, which is um, uh, ironic, given that he told Anisa that they were talking about her face, like it being ugly. <laughs> good, good one, Jeff, good one. I, I can see why you may have gotten caught up in the law so many times no shade but let's be real here um so the Kyle basically just like you know he's forced into silence but he says if Jeff doesn't tell Anisa, I'm gonna have to tell her so what was Jeff's what is the consequence if Kyle tells Anisa? like what is Jeff gonna do right <laughs> you don't like the guy anyway you drop this bomb on him in an effort to see if he's gonna tell and then okay so if he tells then what? I'm just very confused <laughs> Jeff I think you're very confused too. Um, the next time we see Jeff and Anissa Jeff is telling us about his um, self care routine his workout plan. What he does in a day which is um, he wakes up in the morning he puts his fake Tim's on and then he Um, does his workout outdoors, a little, little CrossFit action with some cinder blocks that he found on the property, I guess. And then he says he does his little things. He talks to his friends and then he goes out for a second workout. So we caught him on what I'm assuming is workout number two. Um, Anissa comes back to the house with her cousin, I think. And, you know, they introduce each other and, uh... They start talking about how Jeff has not really ever had a real job and also how he's never been shopping ever. (laughs) But then Anissa says that what Jeff really wants is some Gucci pants. And in a confessional, Jeff says he plans on working, he plans on saving up so that he can fix his teeth, so that he can get a motorcycle, not a motorcycle, a motorcycle, get me a motorcycle, I'm going to fix my teeth, get me a motorcycle, and get some Gucci pants on so I can feel sexy. Okay. And that was like a pretty good impersonation if you guys don't watch the show. So, that wasn't shade. That was real. Okay. Let's move on. Ooh. Unfortunately, we have to talk about Doug and Rachel. There are a lot of extremely dark things that we see on this show. This scene with Doug's family is top three for sure. Top three for sure. So... When we saw them last, I was like very confused, like complicated explaining what happened. So I'm gonna try and do better this time. So there are first of all too many Dougs in the situation. There are three Dougs, okay. Um I'm gonna eliminate the first eldest Doug because he wasn't really in this part, save for the fact that the second Doug went to visit the first Doug, his father. Um, so that's why we're here. So Then we have Doug 2 and Doug 3. Well, I'm just going to call them that from this point. So, Doug 3 was living with his aunt while Doug 2 was in jail. So, apparently there was some strife between Doug 3 and his aunt. The aunt kicked him out. And so, Doug 3 ended up living with Rachel. So, now Doug 2 and 3 live with Rachel. And they're all at this, like, family get-together. So... Doug 2's aunt, Doug, excuse me, Doug 2's sister, Doug 3's aunt, the one that Doug 3 was living with, tries to expose... Now keep in mind, Doug 3 is 12. She tries to embarrass this child by saying, oh, you left some letters talking about all your emotional baggage with your dad at the house should I go and bring them out? And then the other aunt, the nice one is like, "Don't do that to this poor boy. Like, why would you bring all this shit up?" But then Doug 2 is taken up for the sister that um was caring for Doug 3 and is like, "Oh, she was there in his time of need. Like, she can do whatever she wants." No, that is like emotion like classic emotional abuse. What? So now they're all fighting, and Doug 3 is getting so up in arms because, one, he did not want that letter, those letters to be shown, and two, he, like, everybody's fighting that he gets so upset and is like, fuck you, Dad, and runs to the back of the car. Awful. All because his aunt wanted to troll him, and his dad sided with the aunt. Can you imagine This child has never had his father in his life, and now he's got all these expectations. He's got his Rachel, who is basically his mother, who has been what's apparently the only person who has been like an actual adult to him. And this poor kid is so sensitive, and he's also very smart, so he knows exactly what's going on. And it was so sad to watch this kid be basically exploited on television like it was just very very sad so Rachel goes to follow Doug she's all freaked out she's like I don't know what is going on here this is not my kind of party and I want to take my ass home so she's in the back of the car trying to soothe Doug three he's all upset and you know Doug two is basically just like oh you know you're he does. He needs tough love, and you know he should never talk to me that way. And did you hear him? He said "fuck you" to me. And you know, if I was, um, you know, my dad, if I ever got into a in into like the middle of what my dad was talking about, I would have been on the chopping block. Okay. Well, how was that working out for you, Doug? Too. How how were how did your your growing up work out for you? Well, I don't think so. So then. Doug, too, is, like, so just wanting to get his sister for trying to be nice to his own son. Calls her a drug addict. Tells her, why don't you go take a drug test? She takes off on a motorcycle, on the back of a motorcycle, with a a cigarette in her hand. Who could possibly blame her? And they, everybody ends up leaving. But before they leave, the good aunt says to Rachel... (laughs) I gave this whole thing two months before he's back in jail. And basically, like, you need to um, watch yourself because this dude is not a good guy, like at all. So, (laughs) yeah, good girl. So... In a confessional, Doug, too, starts talking about how he loves his son unconditionally. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just needs to, they need to, like, reformat. And he doesn't like the way Rachel has been treating Doug, three. Like, she's been too soft on him. And so he needs to get him in line. Sir, you are not a father. You have never been in this child's life. And so for you to act like you are gonna come in there and be billy badass and and get your son in line for having feelings and emotions like it's so sick it's actually so sick to watch this like man try to like he thinks that this is perfectly fine and he's fully prepared to perpetuate the cycle that he was brought up in. Doug is also in denial about his adolescence. Like, listen, I wasn't there when he grew up, but he says he did his family. He didn't lack in love, but what he lacked was attention. So Rachel sits down with him and is like, they get home. It's the next day. And Rachel's like, yo, we cannot do this. We can't. Poor Doug. Doug, On the car ride was like, Doug 3 was like, you know, I just can't believe that my dad is like this and this is not how I expected it to be when he came back at all. Like, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Ugh, I just couldn't believe it. Thank God for Rachel. Like, she is a dumbass for saying in this situation, but if she can at least save this child and break the cycle, then good on her. Good on her. So she sits Doug 2 down and is like, We need, I really think that um, yesterday was a very primal experience. (laughs) And I'm just really concerned that life with Doug is always going to be that dramatic. So what I need is for us to all go to family therapy. And Doug, chilling, chilling, you guys. He says, oh, you know, my parents sent me to therapy a couple times and I like freaked out the psychologist to the point where they just sent me home and with a prescription for Ritalin but I never took it Uh, okay okay then he starts pulling some bullshit about how he doesn't want to go to therapy and how he should just listen to Rachel but then he says he Rachel, Rachel very pointedly is like listen you got a good life here and if you want, if what you really want is this life and all that this life can provide, then we need to communicate better. And Doug is like, well, I'm not going um, to give in to any ultimatums. And you just can't expect me to wake up and be a different person. And it's like, well, no, but we could expect you to wake up and try to be a better person. How about that? How about try that? All right, you guys, gird your loins. It's time to talk about Stan and Lisa. So their scene opens up with (laughs) Stan getting a workout in. He's up in his home gym just working on his fitness. He is (laughs) in pajamas and dirty socks doing like jumping on one of those like personal trampolines. Uh, Like I would just live a whole other day. I don't even know what that exercise machine is. I don't know if Stan was using it correctly, but it's one of those things where it basically looks like you're humping. So you have to, like, pull the bar towards your chest, but then it lifts your body up, and it looks like you're... Ugh, never again. Never again do I want to see Stan do that move. Stan says he hasn't spoken to Lisa since they got in their fight, and he's disappointed and upset about it. Then we get to Lisa, and she's in her hotel room, and... I bet those housekeepers at the hotel are probably big mad because Lisa, we see her extensions are straightened out where we've left the, um, who's the little bitch from the (laughs) Shirley Temple? (laughs) Rest in peace, Shirley Temple. Let me not call a young Shirley Temple a little bitch, but um, she, you know, left the Shirley Temple curls and, and went for a straight look and, we can see every every extension, every connection. Why this lady put the full-on, those extensions in her hair, I will never, ever understand. She needs to get her, her stylist license taken away. Tragedy. Tragedy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, She calls Stan and she's like, you know, I want to talk. Why don't you come over to the hotel? So he agrees to come over and girl, we all know what this is, what this is. We all know what's happening. So she's out of money. She says she only had about $3,500 when she got out of jail because she, you know, applied for the stimulus. So that money's running out. She's been, um, living in hotels and what else is she going to do, right? It's been a week since she's been out of jail. So obviously she's going to keep sweet with, with Stan and he comes over and he says, you know, I was a little surprised to hear from you. Cause I kind of thought we broke up and Lisa basically is like, look, you go from zero to a hundred really quick. There's no in between with you. And that's really tough for me. Stan does apologize. He does say it's something that he needs to start controlling. Is this going to happen? No, but he said it. He said it. And then he says, you know, he has a soft spot. He has a spot, uh, a spot in his heart for Lisa. If she wants it. And she's like, girl, I don't need your heart, but I would, I am going to go back to that grandma's room in your house. So if you have a spot for me there, I will take that. Thank you. Um, So they decide to go back to the house. She is, I guess, going to forget that she had um, played, tried to play hardball with Stan by um, saying that she wanted him to pay for an apartment for the next four to six months before she even considered moving back into the house. But, you know, she she's really in no position financially to be calling the shots like she tried to last time. She she went a little too hard. (laughs) She she played real fast and loose with her demands, and this is what happened. So now she's got to stay with this man because she ain't got no money to be, you know, kicking it at the Hampton Inn for another night. So Stan starts talking, you know, in a confessional about how he really wants to make this work and have Lisa stay. And I trailed off after that point because I was so distracted – Listen, again, I know Love After Lockup is made on a shoestring budget. I highly doubt there's hair and makeup, especially in these unprecedented times. But what I would like is just for anybody at all to say, hey, can we get like some sort of oil blotter on Stanley? Um, Tip, you guys, here's a, a little tip. If you guys ever have a little excess oil on the face. Uh, recycled napkins, excuse me, (laughs) napkins made with recyclable materials, uh, i.e. like a Starbucks, specifically a Starbucks napkin, that'll absorb the oils right on up. Like somebody could have gone down to the Starbucks and got, was like, hey, can I order like an ice water? And I'm going to take a couple napkins with me and just like blot. And I swear to you, like it looked like he, somebody sprayed cocoa butter like spray cocoa butter in his face what was that you would like even for production sake of the glare from the camera you would think that they would have done something but okay i'm i'm gonna move off of this because honestly it was like shockingly disgusting anyway sand plans this romantic dinner of steaks and asparagus A, a classic meal most of us know and love right so um here's my question. Does the homeowners association know that Stan is grilling in his garage next to two gigantic gas cans? Because I feel like they might want to be privy to that. Um This man I could not believe it's not like it was raining outside. It was not. This man who has been talking about how he is uh Tommy two time two too, wallet too big, I don't know, millionaire, okay, pulls out a mini charcoal grill, <laughs> one that's about 18 inches off the ground, and makes steaks, and that motherfucker put A1 sauce on the steak, and then put it on the grill. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. No. 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 I'm in hell. (laughs) So I I just like, could not believe it. The steak looked like Stan's face. It looked like Stan's face. Lisa makes a joke about Stan. Like, Oh, I like you being on your knees because he has to be on his knees to use this grill again, next to two gigantic gas cans that were bigger than the grill itself. Anyway. Um, Then Lisa gives us a little bit more information about her sexual proclivities. Okay, this is a safe space where sex positive podcast over here at everyone's business but mine. We don't kink shame. Okay, love is love. However you want to get off is up to you. Just leave me out of it, especially when it has to do with Stan. Lisa starts talking about how like she's not really that affectionate. And she thinks because she didn't grow up in an affectionate home and she grew that up, you know, like not really being into it. And she thinks that that might be why she enjoys a more submissive man. Whew. Okay, so they sit down. Santa's like takes, you know, two small bites and I know like usually older people don't eat as much like their appetite is not really the same of somebody because you know they're not growing and you know, there's not really a whole lot of moving but he did have you know about 30 seconds on that trampoline so I thought that might was like stirred up an appetite but clearly he's bullshitting because he's trying to get laid right so he's like oh wow, wow this is a really great meal I am stuffed why don't you say we uh go upstairs and cuddle and just work off my belly full of wet a1 soaked steaks so Um, I know somebody's going to come and give me like a one star review because you said that A1 is not good for steaks and I, I like A1 and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. I am a New Yorker through and through. We don't do that. We don't do that. Okay. That's my truth. You can slather all the A1, prop it on a, a mini grill in your garage all you want, you know? But let me just, this is my truth. Okay. So uh, Lisa says, well, why don't we just go down to the dungeon? Why don't we take things downstairs? And in a confessional, she says she's ready for some dungeon time, which is when they go down to the basement and Stan gets in his full-length straight jacket. and I, honestly, nobody needs to know what the details of what happens beyond that. Nobody needs to know. Stan breaks out a bottle of champagne. I think it may have been Dom Perignon based on the label, but hard to say. Um, Lisa says that she's never had champagne. <laughs> and again, this $2 million man says it's, it tastes like a combination of 7-Up and wine. I mean, God help us. <laughs> So then says, you know lisa runs the show in the bedroom and he's into it so we just get a quick glimpse of the dungeon thank god it's an what appears to be an unfinished room but there are um two two chains not the wrapper hanging from the ceiling and it appears like this might not just be like a binding up straight jacket thing but also a Hanging from the ceiling situation because there were a lot of uh I don't even know what you call it like um you know just like like chain chain not chain like circles like <laughs> find your words Kara like those metal circles that look like you can hook something up you know like a like a carabiner almost but make it fashion something like that. Oh, Lord. Um, The last thing, they close the door, and the last thing we hear is Stan go, (laughs) Oh, Oh. Oh. Oh, Lord, let's please move on to Deontay and Nicole. So y'all remember Deontay pulled up on some creeper shit and caught Nicole trying to get into the car with a man who we now know to be Zach. He, uh, catches her as she's getting in the car. He yells, you know, that's, oh, so that's why you're not giving me any pussy. Cause you're giving it to this motherfucker. Oh, just so you know, I'm the dude she was just with five minutes ago. <laughs> okay. So in a confessional, Nicole says, I wish Deontay would just grow up. <laughs> Excuse me? You want. Him to a girl, go okay girl, so we finally meet this ex boyfriend Zach, and Deontay's just screaming, he's in the car, he's just screaming screaming, screaming, and it's raining. it is like a full r and b music video outside, and Nicole and the ex boyfriend Zach are just staring at him like, okay. <laughs> Zach's name is also Zach with two Ks. Z-A-K-K. And that feels like something worth mentioning. Um, He's actually really cute. And he's also cute in a way... (laughs) Sorry for the barking, y'all. He's also cute in a way that's like... I just have a hard time believing that Nicole is attracted to Zach and Deontay. They're just very different types of people. So... Zach said that he knew that Nicole was talking to other people, but he didn't really know the extent of the relationship that she was in. So he's a little bit confused, but that doesn't really stop him from taking her out and having sex with her. Anyway, Deontay starts yelling threats about how, you know, "Um, uh, uh, give me my phone back. Actually, you can keep the phone. I'll just deactivate it. Ooh, scary. Scary. She just, she gets the phone still. That's not really a threat, Deontay. But anyway, then he goes to the trunk and he starts throwing things like a gigantic teddy bear and like shit he gave her. Y'all, this shit is so fake. How could he have had all that stuff in the trunk? And how were the cameras so perfectly set up for this interaction? Stop playing in my face, (laughs) TV. Please. So in a confessional, Nicole starts saying that, you know, that she feels bad, and she didn't know that Deontay could pop off like that, and it's about time because he needs to stop letting her walk all over him, and also it kind of turned her on. <laughs> she is a true. She's truly a nightmare. This, some of this, seemed, this whole part seemed really fake, but then the stuff with her mom gets very real. The last we see of Deontay this episode, he is crying, screaming, hyperventilating, punching the steering wheel. It's a whole hot mess. So Nicole comes back the next morning and does a walk of shame. Her mom and stepmom are sitting out on the porch and her mom is pissed. And Nicole's like, why are you looking at me like that? And she says, are you kidding me? (laughs) so we find out that Nicole's mom saw everything she said she heard the dogs barking and then she went to look outside the window and she saw the whole thing and she's on Deontay's side she's like listen I saw you go into Zach's car I'm ready to lose it right now and then she goes on her mom's like you had your ex that you had sex with come and meet you right after you just met Deontay's mom what's wrong with you Girl, if you don't know the question or you don't know the answer to the question, I don't think Nicole does either. <laughs> um, but in a confessional, Nicole says she keeps going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. First, she says she had no real intentions to sleep with Zach. But then she says, oh, well, when we saw each other, there was all this chemistry. So, and then she says Deontay pissed her off, even though last night she said that he turned her on by being so um, strong. So she figured if he was already pissed off, that she might as well just fuck Zach because he was already mad at her and she was already in trouble. Okay, that's... Okay. So Nicole's mom's like, you don't just treat people like that. And in like a side interview with production, Nicole's mom keeps it all the way funky and says, I think Nicole's trying to convince herself that she really has feelings for Deontay so that she can justify treating him like shit. But to be honest with you, I don't think Nicole really knows how to care about anybody. So then she goes on to say to Nicole, listen, I think you might think that De- Deontay's a little bit strange or whatever, but honestly, the fact that all he did was yell at you last night kind of impressed me a little bit. I guess she missed the part where he threw the teddy bear, but I kind of feel like she might still be on his side, even if she had seen it. Um, she says, you know, you're not being fair to Deontay. You're using him. And then Nicole's stepmom chimes in and is like, think about how long it probably took him to save all that money For you to get whatever you want. Like, really think about all the effort that took. Nicole tries to say that she really does love Deontay and that she does feel bad, but she also doesn't feel that bad because he's been pressuring her to have sex and that's what really pushed her away. I will give her the, like, weirdo sex shit. Like, that I get, but all this, like, thinking that you can manipulate him and just fuck around with other people is, you know, that doesn't really give you carte blanche to hang out with... And fuck your ex-boyfriend. That's not what that means. So then everybody goes inside. Nicole and her moms go inside. And Nicole's mom's like, okay, so what's going on with Deontay? And Nicole says, I don't know. She hasn't spoken to him. Then her mom asks about Zach. And she's like, well, you know, I would like to keep talking to him. She's like, okay, well, what about Tia? And then sucks her teeth like, girl, like... (laughs) Let's, why do you have this revolving door of people going Like, don't you hear how this sounds, girl? You can just tell that she's so over her own daughter. (laughs) The episode ends with Nicole saying she has super strong feelings for Deontay. And then she goes into the bathroom as her mom and stepmom are whispering about how she just doesn't seem to get it. And in the bathroom The camera zoom in on her phone because she's on her phone texting Tia, saying, "Oh, can we hang out that night? I want to see you, girl." (laughs) That's the end of Love After Lockup for this week, y'all. Let's. Oh, I'll check in with you next week. All right.